What with the warm weather we've been having and the bright green that still surrounds us, it's strange to think that the first day of autumn is tomorrow. And yet, a little before noon tomorrow, the equinox will happen and the seasons will officially change. Eric and I have noticed the approaching fall in small ways around our house. Our windows have stayed open during the day and not just at night this week, letting in fresh air at just the perfect temperature and beckoning us into the deep and restful sleep that chilly air invites. Our garden is getting ready for the fall too. The ornamental grass has sent up its beautiful seed heads. The mums have begun carpeting the side of our house with purple, and the roses, having taken a rest in the heat of July and August, are giving us one last treat of summer, as if to say farewell. The shelves in the basement are slowly filling up with my first attempts at preserving the sweetness of summer procured from mom's garden and various area farmers markets and lovingly sealed in jars. And this week, I noticed the truest sign of the turning of the seasons. The New York Times weather page ceased reporting on ocean temperatures for summer getaways and began its fall foliage report, noting on Friday that just a few leaves in the very northernmost reaches of New York and New England had started to display their autumnal colors. In due time, the daily map will go from two-toned green to green with dots and blobs of yellow, tracing mountain ridges and frost-prone zones. Then will come the orange and the red, the map mimicking the very trees it charts. And before long, it will be replaced with the mountain forecast as winter takes its hold on the Northeast and people head toward holidays and ski resorts. The wheel of the seasons has turned to autumn and I, for one, am looking forward to the colors of the trees. Fall, you see, is my favorite season. It's easy when thinking of the fall to concentrate on the coming winter. It's tempting to look at the dwindling daylight and the blazes of color as preparation for a season of hibernation. If we do that, we understand the spiritual gift of fall as the lessons of preparing for death. Those are important lessons taught by many cultures all around the world, but they're not the ones I want to dwell upon today. I choose another path, informed by my love for science and nature. To me, fall is not one last blaze of glory before the starkness and blankness of winter. It is not, as some would suggest, an annual miracle given to us by a humanized God asking us to revel in his power and majesty. To me, fall is not a season of growing emptiness and sadness. It's not a season to say goodbye. To me, fall is a glimpse at possibility. It's a season of uncovering, of harvesting, and of the vibrancy of life. From time to time, knowing the details of how something works takes away the mystery and wonder of that thing. For me, the exact opposite is true in looking at the colors of autumn. Anyone who studied the science behind the changing colors of the trees knows that the colors we see each fall are not produced as a special going away gift for our eyes. Instead, 
those amazingly bright colors, the reds, the oranges, the yellows, they've been there all along. The colors we see in the autumn have been in those leaves since just after the leaves first unfurled in the springtime. As the trees prepare themselves for winter, they break down the chlorophyll in their leaves, the green pigment that captures the energy of the sun and helps plants make their own food. And because there's so much of that chlorophyll, it hides the other pigments present in the leaves. And so when it's gone, we are left with the colors of autumn. As days shorten and nights cool, other plants respond as well. The tall ornamental grass in my perennial garden is not the only plant to respond to the season by sending forth seed heads. Many grasses and grains and wildflowers get to the end of the growing season and produce their fruit. Pumpkin patches, once filled with pretty yellow squash blossoms, become laden with hard orange gourds destined to be scooped out by children eager to make jack-o'-lanterns and by chefs dreaming of pie. <laughs> Apple trees bend with the bounty of ripening fruit, crisp, tart, sweet fruit that complements the chilly air. Biologically, this all makes sense. The seeds on those stalks and in those fruit, scattered by the wind and animals, become the new plants of the, of the spring. To humans, however, the fall becomes a time of great abundance, a time of harvest. Fall is also a season of brightness and boldness. It's a season of strong colors and intense flavors, of spices and ciders and simmering stews. It's a season of heavy smells, moldering leaves and baking pies and smoky bonfires. And so, we can look at fall as preparation for the bleakness and grayness of winter, or we can revel in its ability to bring out the hidden beauty of life, to uncover the true colors that were underneath all of that green for so long. We can see sadness and finality in the falling leaves, or we can be lifted and gladdened by the abundance around us. We can be enervated by the decreasing length of days, or we can be invigorated by the brightness of color, of taste, smell, and sound that surround us. We can see a bright red bird as pointing out the drabness of the world around it, or like poet Mary Oliver, we can understand that it fires up the landscape as nothing else can do. Each of these qualities of the fall comes with it corresponding questions for our lives as well. The first of autumn's spiritual gifts is the gift of true color. The fading of the dark green of summer uncovers bright and luminous colors not seen at any other time of year. In our lives, we must ask ourselves, how are you letting your colors show? What is, hiding in the vibrant, what is hiding the vibrant, beautiful you from the world? What might you need to take away in order to let us show how brilliant and bright you can be? Have you received messages from others that those colors, those showy, bright, gaudy fall colors of your soul are meant to be hidden beneath a respectable veneer of dark green? Perhaps you have internalized messages that the thing you're currently doing is safe, steady, or responsible, 
rather than meaningful, nourishing, and enlivening. Now, don't get me wrong, you can have both, but if you have just one set of these, it's likely to be the first. Too often, though, we settle in our lives for what we think others expect from us, instead of challenging ourselves to be who we are. Or maybe, just maybe, what's holding you back is fear, the fear of failing, the fear of humiliation, the fear of regret or of disapproval, of just not being good enough. Maybe even the fear of succeeding and proving that you'd been doing the wrong thing all this time. All of these fears keep people from acting on our dreams, our ideas, and our desires. Now, fear is often a healthy reaction to danger. Fear lets us know when we're pushing our boundaries. It's a natural reaction to growth and to change. And because of this, fear is a useful emotion. Fear, properly identified, can let us know exactly what we need to push ourselves to do. As Eleanor Roosevelt once famously said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. And while fear is overcome with courage, courage, I believe, is an often misunderstood trait. Courage, rather than being the absence of fear, is the ability to be afraid and still act. Too often, the unknown possibilities involved in making a change paralyze us. Trees don't have a choice in their participation in fall. The chill in the air and the shortening of the days pretty much forces them to show their colors. Humans, though, get to choose. And sometimes we don't make the right choice. Sometimes we choose the path that's easier, the path that's less frightening, or sometimes the path that others push us down. Instead, we must support one another in making the choices that let us live authentically, that let us unleash our passions and operate from a place of joy, of courage, and of beauty. Fall teaches us to examine our values and our choices and to let our true colors show. The second of autumn's spiritual gifts is the gift of abundance. The conclusion of the growing season means harvest time for grains and fruits, an abundance of life-sustaining energy is all around us. And in our lives, we can ask, how do you experience the abundance in your life? Can you understand that there is not only enough but also enough to share? Do you hoard love, food, money, or time, saving it for some day that might never come? Or do you use those things in order to live fully? In order to experience abundance, we must be thankful for all that is around us. We must see life as a gift given to us again each day and not as an entitlement or a burden how do you show gratitude for all that there is in your life? Is it a practice in your life to reflect upon the things that you are grateful for? Many families I know who have inspired me make this the grace they say before dinner. Each person, young and old alike, goes around and says one thing that they are thankful for. It's a practice that transforms dinner time into a time of celebrating the abundance in the universe, 
the abundance that feeds our souls as much as our bodies. It's not accidental that Abraham Lincoln placed our National Day of Gratitude, the holiday that is today called Thanksgiving, in the season of harvest and abundance in the fall. Fall teaches us to be thankful for everything that fills our lives. Finally, the last of autumn's spiritual gifts is the gift of presence. The intensity of the senses in fall heightens our awareness to the world around us. And we ask ourselves, what do you need in order to be fully present in your life? To experience the world in the fullness of its volume. Can you see past the need to prepare for tomorrow and instead inhale all that you are in the midst of? Buddhist teachers instruct us to cultivate mindfulness in everything we do. Breathing, walking, having a conversation, washing the dishes, everything. That mindfulness calls us to be completely present with what we are doing in the moment. We are not to be thinking about the many things we still need to do. We're not to be fretting over the things we have already done. We are asked to pay our full attention in the present moment. Years ago, I worked with a spiritual director. In our time together, we practiced simply being present. We sat together for long periods of time, mostly in silence, sometimes praying, sometimes not. Always, though, each of us held the presence of the other at the very forefront of our minds and in our hearts. That work inspired me to work on this practice with others. For most of the next two years, that was the bulk of my spiritual practice. Two, when faced with someone wanting to have a conversation with me, be as fully present in that moment as I could be. It was a life-changing practice for me, a practice that allowed me to grow toward my potential as a minister. Now, it's hard to be fully present when you're washing the dishes, but it's actually easier to be fully present when you're with someone, though. I will admit it's still sometimes a challenge. We all should practice what it means to be fully present when we're having a conversation with someone else to listen deeply to what the other is saying, to let them know through eye contact and body language and the way we respond that we have nothing else on our minds but being there with them in that time. It is truly a great gift we can give both to ourselves and to others. Fall teaches us to be fully engaged with the present moment. In a few weeks, the chores of raking leaves, of collecting wood for the fireplace, and cooking for Thanksgiving dinner will all be upon us. The last vestiges of summer will soon be safely tucked away in cans in the basement. Before we start planning for winter, though, let us enjoy the fall. Let us enjoy the colors in all their vibrance and allow them to inspire us to be true to ourselves. Let us enjoy the harvest in all its splendor and allow it to remind us of the abundance 
in all parts of our lives. And let us enjoy the intensity of all that is around us and allow it to call us time and again back into the present moment. May it be so.